For Thursday, May 14th, 2020, this is Did You Wash Your Hands? We're a podcast from WABE answering the questions everyone's asking during the COVID-19 pandemic. I'm health reporter Sam Whitehead. Today, behind closed doors, some federal officials have expressed concerns about Georgia's plans to reopen after weeks of lockdown to stop the spread of the coronavirus. So there was this indication that federal agencies were worried that Georgia might run out of ICU beds if there were a spike in the number of people getting critically ill. Liz Esley White, a reporter for the Center for Public Integrity, joins me to discuss what an internal federal communication has said about Georgia's lifting its coronavirus shelter in place. That's next. You love free, and at Ameris Bank, so do we. That's why we're proud to offer worry-free, hassle-free Ameris Bank free checking. Manage your money your way with convenient access to digital, mobile, and telephone banking, all with no monthly service fee or minimum balance requirements. At Ameris Bank, we're with you. For more information or to open an account, visit our local bankers in person or online at amerisbank.com slash free checking. Other fees such as overdraft fees may apply. Ameris Bank, member FDIC, equal housing lender. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. Support for WABE's local coverage on maternal health and mortality comes from Georgia Health Initiative, whose mission is to inspire and promote collective action that advances health equity for all Georgians. Learn more at georgiahealthinitiative.org. Governor Brian Kemp has repeatedly cited the state's expanded hospital bed capacity as a reason why he started to loosen many of the restrictions he put in place to stop the spread of COVID-19. But some federal officials have expressed skepticism about that capacity, according to an internal document obtained by the Center for Public Integrity. That document says the state may have limited health care capacity when it comes to responding to a surge in critically ill patients. Here for more is Liz Esley White, a reporter from the Center for Public Integrity, who broke this story this week. And Liz, to get us started... We are talking on the occasion of this story that you put out this week. You saw an internal slide prepared by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services uh, talking about how prepared certain states are for a surge of coronavirus patients. Uh, Talk to me a little bit about kind of what you found and how you found it. Yeah, we obtained a slide that was prepared by the Department of Health and Human Services, which is a massive federal agency that contains the CDC. And it said on the slide, it was for an interagency briefing, so this was amongst federal officials, it said data suggests that Georgia may have limited healthcare capacity margin to respond to a future surge in critically ill patients. And it was marked not for distribution. That snippet was right next to a chart that showed that Georgia ICU beds were 79% full as of May 6th. So there was, you know, this indication that the federal agencies were worried that Georgia, you know, might run out of ICU beds if there were a surge or a spike in the number of people getting critically ill. Talk to me a little bit about why what you found kind of matters here. The White House had said in its Reopening America plan 
that ICU surge capacity would be really critical for states when deciding how to reopen. And if you look at CDC data that is up right now, there are about five states that have been consistently above 70% full for their ICU beds. And, you know, if there is another outbreak, if Georgia has a surge in cases after reopening, there will be more people sick and more people severely ill, and we will need more of those ICU beds to take care of them. So this is data looking at capacity as of May 6th. The state of Georgia also collects this data, and our listeners might not know this, but this is what the Georgia Emergency Management Agency, or GEMA, has been looking at. They've been looking at it for some time now. The numbers that they have on May 6th for how full these beds are was at 73%. Do you have any sense of of why there's maybe this difference in numbers that HHS might have different numbers than Georgia? We don't totally know why. We know that the CDC's data is based on a national survey of hospitals, and it's something that you can find online their ICU bed capacity numbers daily, which that's new. That was something new that they posted. And likewise, Georgia's are online. And I asked Georgia's Department of Public Health what their numbers are based on. And they just said it's self-reported by hospitals, but wouldn't give me any more details about how many hospitals or how it's reported or anything like that. 73% versus 79%. Do you think that's a significant difference? It could be, depending on how many people get sick, I guess is all I can really say about it. I mean, the other thing is that, you know, people are reluctant to say X amount of beds or how much we need. I think planners are really looking at, do states have a margin? Like this slide is asking, is there enough margin if things get really bad and really, really fast in Georgia? And then also, can states surge that Uh, capacity. So is the state capable of really quickly adding beds if need be? And when we talked to Georgia's governor's office, they didn't really want to directly comment on this issue, but they pointed to the Georgia World Congress Center in Atlanta, as well as the mobile units they had deployed with FEMA across the state uh, that were a total of 88 beds in the mobile units and about 200 beds in the uh, Georgia World Congress Center. Grady Memorial Hospital, the biggest hospital in the state, has been down about 200 beds since late December because of flooding there. And so the governor's office is very quick to point to these 200 extra surge beds they've put in the Congress Center. But that is really only replacing Grady's reduced capacity. Honestly, I I will say, too, that I had asked the Department of Public Health for historical data on how many critical care beds the state had before all of this started. And you know, to see how many they had added since then. And they didn't tell me, and neither did the emergency management agency. We think about hospital beds. There there are different kinds, right? There are kind of general purpose beds. Then there's an emergency room bed. And then there are these critical care beds, kind of specifically the, the statistic that you're looking at. Talk me through the difference and the different kind of value of, of those different kinds of, of resources. Well, a critical care bed has staff there who are capable of handling organ failure or other really dire health emergencies and more kind of oversight and and quick access to patients um, should they crash or should something else happen like that. Not to mention ventilators and other equipment, but doctors and nurses who are 
critical care nurses and critical care doctors are specifically trained to take care of the people who are having really, really severe symptoms or even having organ failure as they struggle with the coronavirus. That's obviously not most patients, but it's some patients and the the patients who are getting near death or dying. Those are the people we need the critical care beds for. I wonder what you have found or seen about how this capacity is actually spread out across the state. In Metro Atlanta, we have a lot of hospitals. That's not necessarily the case in in rural Georgia. So in looking through these numbers, was that addressed at all, kind of the the rural-urban divide and maybe access to these beds, not maybe just a raw number? The HHS slide didn't go into that level of detail. In the state data, they do break it down by region. And you can see that there are certain regions in Georgia where there are more than half the beds available. Um, Whereas in some of the areas, such as the region that has 12 counties south of Atlanta, kind of the center of the state, uh, they were, when at the time that we published the story, they were 89% full. Um, So that's an even higher margin than the U.S. federal government was worried about. They were worried about 79% for the whole state of Georgia. There was a lot of attention early on in this pandemic about how many ventilators did a state have? And and maybe there was this physical tool uh, kind of substituted as a metric of how prepared a state was. Did we have enough ventilators? And what we've seen over time is maybe people on ventilators don't necessarily have better outcomes. And so their, you know, their, their kind of value has been come into a little bit of question. If that has been the example that we've seen with ventilators, are beds the same kind of thing here? Uh, something that it seems like by the numbers we would need, but but maybe they're, they're not so important? Yeah, I think that's one of the really difficult things with predicting how a pandemic will play out and with there being so many different potential choke points or just bumps in the road for how things could go. I mean, I will say that when I interviewed Pinar Keskinokak, she's a Georgia Tech professor, um, she said that even though there are different interventions now and doctors are trying things like proning, which is you know getting people to kind of stand up and lean over to help their lungs, that they haven't seen a significant change still in the number of ventilators or the percentage of ventilators that are needed overall for coronavirus patients. So I think that there is kind of a shift and maybe the medical practice there, but it's not leading to like a substantial difference for the ventilators. We have seen more doctors try different uh, things and we might continue to see that, you know, but at the same time, we've also seen doctors in New York and other places start, you know, running low on dialysis machines and things that they weren't expecting at all to need because of um, coronavirus patients having kidney failure. So it's really hard to know, like, what are the pain points? But I would say ICU beds are a fairly standard metric and a good metric just because if you have really, really sick people, uh, you're going to need high intensity care. And that's what you get in an ICU bed. You mentioned earlier that you had reached out to the governor's office about this. Tell me a little bit more about what they had to say about what you found. The governor's office didn't really want to comment on the possibility of a surge. Um, The governor's spokesman, Cody Hall, said that he thinks different people have different definitions of surges. And so he wasn't really prepared to offer a comment on that. Other than that, it was really hard to find answers for this story, honestly. I mean, the Department of Public Health didn't answer all my questions. 
Every time I talked to the Georgia Emergency Management Agency, they sent me back to the Department of Public Health. Two federal agencies would only give me comments with no name attached. It's frustrating as a reporter to, when when people are depending on good information, to not get it from government officials. Georgia Governor um, Brian Kemp, he had earlier, you know, said that they have the hospital infrastructure. They've gotten that in place already, so they're ready to reopen. So it's just interesting that he said that at the time that, you know, they were maybe still struggling with this margin. And you just kind of wonder what the CDC was telling the state and what the state was telling the CDC. And no one's really answering whether they were on the same page or not. This doesn't seem to be the first time that Georgia's view of the situation, maybe we'll say, is is not the same as what federal officials see the situation as. I mean, we think of a few weeks ago when Governor Kemp announced his reopening, uh, President Trump very, very quickly kind of chiding him for making that decision. And and this, to me, seems just like another indication of maybe states are saying one thing or, or seeing the situation as one thing and, and the feds are, are seeing something different. Do you think that's fair? Yeah, I think that's really fair. I mean, I think the governor's trying to open up the state and say that it's a careful reopening and we'll find out. I mean, it just seems like um, the CDC at least isn't sure about that. And I'm wondering too about this kind of general climate of confusion that that creates. I wonder what you think about what that does to the, the kind of everyday person who is looking for kind of clear answers about the situation that we're all in. Yeah, I, I think that is a problem. I think people really want good information. They want to be treated like responsible adults who can make wise judgments about the risks that they should be taking for themselves and their families, you know, whether they should go to work, um, whether they should um, be going to the grocery store, um, if they're going to go see grandma later, you know, things like that, that they just can't make informed decisions about if people aren't communicating good information. Georgia is not alone here um, in, in opening things up without maybe meeting these criteria that aren't super strict to begin with. So do you think it's, it's fair to focus on Georgia here when, when maybe we're not the only state in this position? Yeah, I mean, I focused on Georgia because it was what CDC seemed to be focusing on. But yeah, definitely there are only a handful of states that have met the White House's gating criteria. And at this point, it it seems like every state is doing something different. And we're not sure where even states may have a really good plan in place and other states may not. And I think people are looking to Georgia as an example of what could happen just because it was one of the first states to reopen. So if we do see a spike in Georgia and we do see resources getting tight there, I think that will be an indicator to other governors of maybe some more cautionary measures that they need to take. Liz Esley White is a reporter for the Center for Public Integrity. Did You Wash Your Hands is a production of 90.1 WABE Atlanta, where ATL meets NPR. You can reach us with questions, comments, or controversy at washyourhands 
at wabe.org. You can find all our episodes in your favorite podcast app, where you can also leave us a rating and a review. And you can find more stories on the coronavirus pandemic at wabe.org slash coronavirus. And you can find me on Twitter. I'm at S. Claude Whitehead. If you haven't recently, now might be a good time to go wash your hands. I'm Sam Whitehead. Thanks for listening. Have you donated to WABE yet? I know you've heard us talking about why it's important, but it doesn't have to be this big decision. You can give at whatever amount fits your budget. It can be a spur-of-the-moment thing. You already get so much out of public radio, so just go for it. Visit wabe.org donate and become a member right now. And thank you.